You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, Cubs fans? Welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give the podcast a follow as well. That's at Locked On Cubs. A lot of fun stuff to talk to you about. A lot of not so much fun stuff to talk about. But of course, today's podcast is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully, every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. So check out Lockdown MLB as your number one source for all daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. All right, everyone, I'm coming at you Sunday night. I'm hoping you're listening to this early Monday morning. I'm hoping you're having a great Monday so far. You had a wonderful Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers listening out there, to all the dads uh, doing their best. Appreciate you. Maybe you got your kids into baseball. Maybe you thought, hey, son, climb up on my knee, sonny boy. What do you say we watch the Cubs this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Well, come Sunday, actual Father's Day, your son would have been like, that was horrific. Why would you do that to me, dad? You're my dad. I thought you loved me because the Cubs got smoked on Friday, got smoked on Saturday and, and in disgusting fashion. I almost said disturbing, but really disgusting. It was both games were just absolute like demoralizing. And I don't like the Florida Marlins. And I still call them the Florida Marlins, even though they're the Miami Marlins now. They can become the South Florida uh, dumb fish. I don't really care. I've never liked the Marlins. Because uh, do I sound like a professional right now? Not really. They broke my heart when I was but 18 years old. Here I am, a fresh-faced Joey, recently graduated high school, enjoying summer, last summer with a lot of friends, going away to college, and the 2003 Cubs. Wonderful team. A team that people really weren't sure. Dusty Baker's first year of manager. They had Sammy Sosa still, but he was getting into some trouble, that cork bat incident. A lot going on. They'd gotten Moises Alou, who's having a great year at that point, make a big trade, get around Ramirez, Kenny Lofton. They had an amazing pitching staff, but still, the Florida Marlins reached their fins into my chest and ripped out my heart right in front of me. And for that, I will never like that team. Ever. Only good thing about the Florida Marlins is my guy Ryan Dempster was on the team once, and my, my hero as a child, Andre Dawson, closed out his career with the Florida Marlins. But then Derek Jeter took over the team and got real cheap. Here's something you Cubs fans might not have known. When Derek Jeter took over the Marlins, Andre Dawson was an ambassador for the Marlins. I think he and a couple other like famous for, former Marlins. And he said, hey, you could stick around, but instead of paying you 100 grand, we're going to pay you 25 grand. And they both said, oh, good day to you, sir. I'm sure they had some more choice words. But that's a 75% pay cut for guys who have done a lot for your organization. Don't like that at all. Disrespectful. The Cubs thankfully salvaged a sweep. We'll be talking about that recap in the whole series. I'll also have to address Paul Sullivan of the Tribune had an article basically saying, despite the Cubs being in first place, he believes they should be sellers. I will respond to that article. And then I'm going to close it out by taking a deep look into the sad state that is the current Cubs pitching rotation. So it's going to be some good talk. It's going to be some good talk, everybody. The Cubs won yesterday by a score of 2-2 zip. A lot of two uh, spots the Cubs have been putting up. They put up only one on Saturday, losing 11-1. And then they put up two on Friday, losing 10-2. And then the entire Mets series was a couple runs here or there. 
the offense is just not working right now. But as a reminder, so it's not all doom and gloom. I know I've been a little bit negative to start your Monday, and I, that's not what I want. It's not what I want. I want everyone, I want to try to pump you up about the Cubs because look, again, we're still a first place team. Still a first place team. And I remember for the, for the people who've been following me, oh, by the way, I am now one month in to being the host of the Lockdown Cubs podcast, and it's been phenomenal. And I, I'm enjoying a lot of it. So much positive feedback, m- talking to some really cool people, meeting some of you as well, interacting with you guys on social media has been an absolute joy. I, I love people who are passionate about the Cubs fans, even ones who disagree with me. Even the one who wrote a review on iTunes saying, meh, all he does is talk about fans he doesn't like. That was one episode, dude. And maybe you're the fan I didn't like. How about that? How about that guy? Huh? Calling you out again. You're going to call me? I'm going to call you right back out, pal. So the Cubs, the, here's the positive that I was going to say. For the, lo- for the listeners who have been following along, beginning of June, I talked about, hey, this June schedule is rough. It's a tough one. This June schedule is final exams every week for four straight weeks. It's, it's, it was some of the best teams in baseball. You start off with San Diego and San Francisco. Then you got the Mets, who are first-place team. We had the Cardinals at home. Took care of business there, though. What's up? So, you know, and then with Cleveland, who's still above 500, we're facing them tonight and tomorrow. I'll be at the game tomorrow night with my guy, Stu, from Club 400. If you're around, say what's up to us. Yeah, so it's been a tougher schedule than May. Although May, a lot of Cubs fans, or not even Cubs fans, but more like doubters, tried to poo-poo May because the Cubs were, of course, fantastic in the month of May, finishing 19-8. and Some were like, well, they faced this team, the Pirates, who were terrible. They fit, you know. But I have to remind people, we also swept the Dodgers. We also swept the Padres in that month and took two out of three from St. Louis. So it's not like we got our butts kicked by the good teams and then just beat up the bad teams. There would be an argument there. If, if the people who still quite don't quite believe in this Cubs team, which I get, I totally get, I'll address some some of the, the issues some fans may have with fully investing themselves. But if you're one of those fans who are just like, I don't believe it, they can't, they beat up on Pittsburgh in May. It's like you're kind of a, you're not being honest with yourself. I I would totally agree with everyone out there who are like, oh, they just beat up on bad teams. I would agree with that. If it were true, it's not true. Cubs have a winning record against teams with winning records. And even though we lost three out of four to the Mets last week, we played them seven times. We've won four of seven. We would have won that series if it was a playoff series. Granted, DeGrom got hurt, but that's what that guy does lately. So, hey, right? We lost three out of four to San Francisco. That's like the only major team that we have a losing record against. Milwaukee, too, but we haven't faced them enough. And by the end of the year, I feel like we'll have Milwaukee beat. They have a scary starting rotation. That offense, though, you you hear that? I I spit at that offense. I do. And the Cardinals, we've seen what we've done to them. We've beaten them five out of six times. The Dodgers, we swept. The Padres, the Padres. Oh, everyone goes nuts for the Padres. We beat them five out of six times. And these are all very good, exciting teams. But the Cubs are right there with them. And I know the frustration is because we do not know the direction this team is going in. I totally understand that. And we really don't. Because it's like we've got so many beloved figures that are their contracts are up. So where are they going? You know, I, I, I'm with you on that one, fans. I'm with you 100%. It would be nice to have some sort of idea on what this team's going to look like going forward. 
I'll get into more of that because Paul Sullivan addresses that. Let's talk about yesterday's game. Again, the offense wasn't there, but kudos to Alec Mills. Millsy, who, who really, I understand, his, he probably had some frustration going into this year because he's like, hey, you know, I was, I was decent enough in 2020. I threw a no-hitter. You know, he probably thought I had a decent spring, but right away, just no love. And I think it was kind of because Hendricks, Davies, and Mills, you, you really don't want three of your five starters having fastballs that could barely break glass. You know, you, you kind of... So instead, they went with Trevor Williams. Jake Arrieta was re-signed. I'll talk more about the starting rotation later, but I definitely wanted to give a shout-out to Millsy. And then the back end of their Cubs rotation to close out Sunday's game to avoid the sweep. And here's another fun fact, Cubs. And, and I know it's a small sample size because you had a 60-game season last year, but since David Ross has taken over as the manager of the Cubs, the Cubs have not been swept in a three-game series, which I think is a pretty cool thing. I think it kind of says something that he must – he must instill something in his players that says, all right, we've just got embarrassed the last couple of days. Let's stop this right now, which is nice to see. No, you don't see too many prolonged losing streaks when that happens. And that's why the Cubs, you know, have been where they've been, despite some rocky starts and all that kind of thing. So it's it's cool to see. The bullpen, that back three, Tapera, Chafin, Kimbrell, or Chafin, Tapera, Kimbrell, however you want to use them, you have to be feel mighty confident as a Cubs fan with that back end of the rotation. The rotation's been great. The offense desperately needs Nico and Duffy to return. Nico Duffy would be a cool name, actually. Nico Horner, of course, Matt Duffy. Those are the contact bats that really broke up the strikeout machine that is the Cubs offense at times. And just having a few of those guys in there improves the quality of the bats of the guys who strike out a lot. I feel like Javi was having one of his better stretches when Nico and, D- and Matt Duffy were in the lineup. I feel like a lot of the players were. When Ian Happ went on the IL after banging into Nico, when he first came back, there was still a little semblance, you know. Nico was out, of course, but Matt Duffy was still hanging around. And they, they just had a more, more professional at-bats. That's what you need. You don't need every position to be an all-star, but you definitely need guys that give different plate approaches. Because if you have so many guys who are just going to keep whiffing at these certain pitches, it's so easy for the other team to game plan for you. And you just you, you, can't, you can't have that and be successful for too long as a major league team. And I knew the injuries would catch up. So go back to what I'm, my main point here of the first segment is at the beginning of the month of June, I said the Cubs could go 500 for the month of June. That'll be a victory because I really believe a 500 June still puts us at or near first place. Maybe we're a game or two behind. Maybe we're still where we are, right? We're currently tied, but a 500 schedule because the month of July, our schedule then becomes pretty easy for a stretch because while we're facing some of the best teams in baseball, with a crazy West Coast swing in there and some weird scheduling, the Brewers were facing some atrocious teams, and they have not been able to pull away. We're right there with them. The Cubs are currently 10-9 and nine in the month of June. So still, still a lot to be, to be excited for, Cubs fans. Let's not forget that. Let's not lose sight of why we're fans. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. There's chefs that take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off you. Isn't that nice? I don't know if you guys are like me. I'm a stay-at-home dad during the day, podcast host, comedian at night. Yeah, that's a weird job description, but it's what I got. Sometimes for dinner, it's like, ah, I'm exhausted. I should be looking out for your health, but you know what? There's a drive-through down the street. Get in the car, kids. You don't want to be doing that, though, right? We're all stressed. We're all tired and all that stuff. That's where Freshly comes in. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. 
So right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Lockdown. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash Lockdown for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash Lockdown for 40 bucks off those first two orders. Can't beat that, Lockdown listeners. Tribune Beat Reporter. I believe Beat Reporter is still the title. Paul Sullivan is a guy, I'll, I'll be honest, if he ever comes across this, Paul, I used to work at O'Shaughnessy's Pub in Chicago, and you were a regular there, you and your awesome dad. And I like you, Paul. I do. I, I like talking to you. I like chanting with you back then, and it was right around the 08 Cubs. Good guy. So I'm, I'm putting that out there for the listeners. But Paul, I disagree with your latest article for the Tribune in regards to the Chicago Cubs. You make the case that it might be best for the Cubs to be sellers to think about the future as a whole. Given the notion that the Cubs have still showed this hot and cold offense, a starting staff that really won't scare anyone in October, I'll agree to that. But here's where I strongly disagree. Any team that's in first place, now, of course, if things change, if heaven forbid the Cubs go on a, you know, lose nine out of 10 or something awful, which will not happen. I don't even want to put it out there. Then, of course, things will change and I will adjust to that i will then you know if we're eight games back on july 30th i'm not going to be like well if we could just make a few more moves i really think it's going to happen no i'm not i'm not an idiot guys you guys know i like to be an optimistic cubs fan because the chicagoans we get beaten down all winter long and i'm happy baseball's here i love the current team because they brought us a world series ring and i'd like to look at them through a glasses half full mindset I think that's something that as fans we should try to lean into a little bit more but i understand that a lot of times we like to protect our hearts by acting like, oh, they're not going to win anyway. That's just a way of protecting your own emotions. You feel like if you're too invested and then they break your heart, it hurts all that more. No need for that. Also, like I mentioned in the first segment, we're not sure of the team's future. So I feel like there isn't, even though they're a first place team, I know a lot of Cubs fans who just aren't as excited as they were in years past. I mentioned on last week's podcast that that's opening series, the first series back with full capacity at Wrigley Field didn't sell out. I really do believe that there's some disinterest. I had more friends of mine texting me about golf yesterday than about the Cubs uh, winning two zip over the Marlins, avoiding the sweep. But here we are. So here's where I'm going to strongly agree with you there, Polly, is that you're a first place team in a major market. This is the city of Chicago. You play at Wrigley Field that's now at 100% capacity. Now, I know the argument from some people might be like, hey, as soon as they traded you Darvish, they were basically signaling that they wanted to rebuild or retool or reset or whatever re you want to use. But the truth of the matter is that was a financial move for whatever reason. Finances were what they were. The Cubs overspent on their renovation budgets. Tom, this is Tom Ricketts quotes. He said like, you know, he later said he exaggerated, but he's like, we want like a hundred percent over our renovation budget. And then he says, but that doesn't interfere with the baseball budget, which I'm sorry, hard to believe when you're not adding to the baseball budget in consecutive off seasons at the same time, you guys didn't know how expensive a load of bricks were, right? It's a little, a little fishy. And, you know, I want to believe you, buddy. I do, but a little fishy. So as fans, we should not tolerate this notion of a forced rebuild. Things have changed since the Darvish trade. Things changed about a month and a half after the Darvish trade when they signed Jock Peterson and Jake Arrieta. Because they said, oh, some money freed up. We realized we could have 20% capacity now. We were operating under the impression that Wrigley Field was going to be no fans for a while. They really did believe that. 
And it's true. The city of Chicago is one of the last cities to give a green light for 20% capacity. The Cubs and White Sox, all 28 other teams knew late February if they would have some sort of capacity. Cubs found out what, mid-March? I think it was like, yeah, I think it was about right around St. Patrick's Day. Because remember the ticket sales going on sale around March 20th. Yes. So things change then. You know what I mean? Say you're going on a date on Friday night and you're like, oh, I got 20 bucks. What am I going to do? Well, you know what I could do? I could take her to like a dive place and be like, hey, this is this is ranked as one of the best hot dog stands in Chicago. And I know you're kind of new here. So I figured I'd show you. Yeah, you got to see this. Right. Come on. Seems like, a, you know, she thinks that's a cute first date or he. Right. But then you're walking down the street, you find a $50 bill on the ground. Guess what? You're no longer getting hot dogs. You're going to up your game a little bit. That's what the Cubs have done. Okay. We're at hundred percent capacity. Now they can afford to add some salary. That's my point. So when I hear this idea is, oh, they should sell. I think now it's stupid. And some people are like, well, you can't let them walk for nothing. Don't let a few of them walk, extend a few of them. And then, if, and then the ones who don't fit into your big, big plans, let them walk. Then you get the compensation draft pick this idea that it's some sort of huge sin to just let a player move on without getting something in return for a trade is asinine to me. It is. Bryce Harper left the Nationals for the Phillies. The Nationals didn't get anything in return. You know why? Because the previous season, they're competing for playoff spot. That's why. They're trying to win games. That's how you accept it as fans. Try to win games. And even and, I, and I'm sorry. I, I, I have to go back against the notion that if you're not a World Series contender, forget about it. No, if you have a chance to win your division and make the playoffs, you go for that every single time. Every single time you try to make the playoffs. Okay? A chip in a chair, as full count Tommy said on Twitter. Shout out to that dude. He's got a good Twitter account. So, you know, if you want to get laid, you got to go to the dance, right? You got to get into October. You think the Atlanta Braves fans were like, oh, man, this going to the playoffs 14 years in a row is boring. No, they loved it. Would they have wanted more World Series? Absolutely. But they still want to go to the playoffs every year. And again, if this would have been, if say we didn't get out of our April rut. Say the Cubs here on June 21st were 10 games back. Then I would gladly be saying, yes, let's, let's trade these guys. And I would even say this, because Chris Bryant's having an MVP-esque season right now, even though he's been scuffling a little bit lately. Last few weeks haven't been great for Chris, but I still think he's going to rebound nicely. I you know, I sounded like a little less confident as I was stumbling over that, but I remember looking at some bad luck he was hitting into a little bit too. So, And also the injuries are going to catch up. It kind of, I mean, we had Eric Sogard betting fifth yesterday, which is he needs to be off the team as soon as Nico Horner is back and healthy as, as well as Matt Duffy. So, yes, the injuries, we're going to catch up to this offense eventually. That's happening right now, right? So, again, though, if we were 12 games back in last place, fourth place, and and it wasn't looking sunny, I would definitely say, all right, trade Chris Bryant. But then in the offseason, I'd say go back and buy him again. Do what the Yankees do with Chapman in 2016. Trade him for a haul and then go re-sign him in the offseason. Because there is always a third option. There's too many people out there who are thinking it's either go all in or completely tear it all down and rebuild. No, that's not the that's that's insane. Because Jack Peterson's hot right now. Say Jack Peterson finishes the year with 37 home runs, you know, batting about 255, 260, OPS around 800. You know, he's worth about almost three WAR. We have an option on him. 
I would gladly say pick up that option. You know, he's a solid left fielder. The DH might become an even better slide him into that role. But then say, you know, Andrew Chafin we have, say, I know, is he a free agent? We have an option on him. I'm not sure. But say Javi is awful the rest of the year. I would say don't re-sign Javi. But you know what? Let's see how Corey Seager finished the year. Let's see how Carlos Correa finished the year. I understand that the the want to give the team a makeover, but a makeover does not need to be a rebuild when there's a huge free agent class out there. This is a great free agent class coming out there, everyone. So again, no reason to just say, oh, let's let's trade everyone and come back and, and maybe in four or five years we'll be good again. I do not accept that because again, first place teams buy. They don't sell. And if you do sell, that is something that I feel like the Cubs organization is not prepared for because there will be backlash and it's going to cost them lots of money as it should. I know I'm not going to be telling people, hey, let's all get a group of people down to Wrigley Field. No, because that'll be a slap in the face. That'd be a slap in the face to Cubs fans who had to suffer over a pandemic, just like everyone else did, right? We only got a 60 game season last year. We weren't allowed back at Wrigley Field, all these things, all these measures put into place. You know what I mean? And, and, and then we have a team that's in first place and you're just going to be like, now nah, we're giving up now that is not acceptable. And sorry, Paul Sullivan. I know you have to do these articles sometimes just to get people like me talking about it to create, to create engagement, but absolutely not totally disagree with it. We're better than that. We're the Chicago Cubs. Wealthfront, everybody day trading is super popular right now. Everyone's talking about it, right? And it could be a lot of fun. But if you really want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor, so why do it alone? Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion, that's right, 20 billion with a big old capital B, dollars of assets, and you could get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com. Lockdown MLB. I really want you guys to hear me on this one because this is super important. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. I got to add that part. Go to wealthfront.com slash lockdown MLB. Go to wealthfront.com lockdown MLB to get started today. Built Bar, everybody. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. I have been going to town on the peanut butter brownie. Love it. They also have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, which is also fantastic, double chocolate and salted caramel, not caramel. The weirdos out there who say it wrong. Here's the best thing about Built Bar, everybody. 17 grams of protein, right? You ready to you ready to get a little quick snack? Ready to run out the door, about to hit the gym? Bam, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar. That's the big one because you got these other ones, these things that are they're double nutrition bars, but it's really like a can of Coke's worth of sugar in there, and that's no good for you. All right, we all know that. So here's what you want to do. You want to order today, everybody. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. All those delicious flavors to choose from give you that fuel you'll need to get through your day. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Cubs fans, this is probably not part of the podcast you're looking forward to, but let's take a look at the Chicago Cubs starting rotation. Ooh. Oh, boy. Hope you didn't have a big breakfast. Okay. Um, Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta should always drink on the house in the city of Chicago. This is a guy who 
people always talk about 2015 to 2017, Jake. They forget how amazing he was in 2014. He uh, started the year on the IL, so he only made 25 starts. But in those 25 starts, he had an ERA in the twos, a war in the fives. He was phenomenal that season. So when he won the Cy Young in 2015, was I a little surprised? I mean, I was surprised at how dominant dominant he was. But I wasn't surprised that he had a good year. I penciled him in as having an awesome year. I remember thinking, we just signed Lester, Lester Arietta at the top of the rotation. That's nasty. That's going to be one of the best one-twos in baseball, Not definitely in the NL Central. And I was right. I'm a huge Jake Arietta fan. I was in Los Angeles watching Jake Arietta throw that no-hitter. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen live. Phenomenal. I was actually on TV. I'll share the picture on Twitter. There's a picture of me and my buddy Steve Byrne right next to me, Roy Wood Jr., great comedian, Daily Show, who's on this podcast. He got us the tickets. Me and it was TBS, or it wasn't TBS, was it? No, it was ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. They cut right to us right before, I think he just struck out Rollins. Or was it Utley? One of the two. I can't remember, guys. It was six years ago. But it was phenomenal. I remember my phone blowing up like crazy. I look at my phone. I'm like, what's going on here? What happened? I mean, I didn't throw the no hitter. Everyone text me. They're like, dude, you're on TV. You're all over ESPN. It was you. Clear as day. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Love to hear that. But we have come to, I feel like, um, unless something changes major, I feel like I don't think you could start Jake Garrett in your rotation anymore. I just, it's it's sad to see because he's a guy that um, really heartbreaking enough wasted a lot of prime years of that dynamite arm in the Baltimore organization. And as we know, the Baltimore Orioles do not know how to develop pitching at all. They ruin pitching. They, um, yeah, they're atrocious when it comes to that. There's a lot, been a lot of good arms that have been wasted away in Baltimore, and Jake Arrieta was one of them. For some reason, this notion that throwing the cut fastball led to injuries, despite very little science showing that. Now, Arietta was a guy that a lot of people feared wouldn't age well, and that's why Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer chose to sign you Darvish after the 2017 season, which I remember after the 2018 season, a reminder, Cubs fans were not happy about that. Because Jake had a better year in 2018 than Darvish did. So many Cubs fans were like, wow, Theo really messed that up. Oh, you know, that's that's why I feel like the overreactions really began. Because I remember telling people, I'm like, well, we signed you Darvish to a six-year deal. You can't really judge it after one bad year. That seems a little crazy. And then he was a little rocky in the beginning of 2019. But by second half of 2019 through 2020 through now, you Darvish has been a Cy Young candidate. So go figure, right? But Jake Arrieta, over his last seven starts, everyone, is 1-5 with a 7.22 earned run average, only 28 and and two-thirds innings pitched. In that time, he's given up 38 hits, 23 earned runs, 27 strikeouts, which is okay, almost a strikeout an inning, 14 walks, not not very good. The whip is 1.81. On the season, his ERAs, it's just, it's not good. It's not good. His ERA in the season is well over five. 5.45 5.45 to be precise in 14 starts. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking to say because we we love Jacob Joseph Arietta for all he's done. Um, I know there's some off-the-field stuff that's annoyed fans. Uh, I've been a little annoyed in some of those regards, too. Uh, but still love Jake. Gotta love the Jakester. Gotta love the Jake. Um, but it's just not happening for him anymore. It's not. And I think he needs one of those phantom IL stints that pitchers get where they're like, that's eh, a strained oblique. You know, they're going to have to work it out a little bit. He sits out for 10 days or so, a little longer. Then he goes to AAA Iowa to try to figure some stuff out. He shows something there and he could come back. I don't, and, and work him out of the bullpen perhaps. 
Because, you know, we're June 21st now. Sit him back for a little bit. Hopefully by July, that rotation spot's filled. Because there are some interesting internal options even. You know, Keegan Thompson looked very good in his couple outings. Cole Stewart's worth another look. So at this point, you just cannot keep going for Jake Arrieta. And Trevor Williams should be back soon as well. But at the rotation as a whole, Kyle Hendricks, again, you removed the two starts against Atlanta that he had in May in which he absolutely got dominated. It went less than three innings, seven earned runs each time, I believe. His numbers are really good. And since that bad stretch in April, he has been the Kyle Hendricks that we know and love and we trust in big moments. Zach Davies got lit up on Friday, but before that, he had a one ERA his last eight starts or nine starts. Adbert comes back tonight, and I love Adbert. I love what he brings to the table. He's got great stuff. He's got ace-like stuff. Hasn't quite put it all together yet, but even he, if you take away two shaky starts, has an ERA in the high threes, which you take from a rookie. Kidding me? That's, that's fantastic. But right now, what the Cubs need to do is get the starting rotation figured out because if they don't, the strength of this team, which has been the bullpen, the lights-out bullpen, will be affected by it. They'll get burnt out by the end of the season. So that's why we have to push for the Cubs to be buyers, all right? Because, again, they, they've got a lot there. There's still, to me, the 1 through 26 is the most talented roster in the NL Central, worthy of winning the NL Central. So let's go get a starter. All right, Cubs fans, thanks for checking out the Lockdown Cubs podcast. As always, go Cubs. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.